Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We'll keep an eye on all of that for you today. Usually we start out with kind of the sports story of the day, but I wanted to start out with something that is is a sobering reminder to everybody who loves um, local sports coverage, local news coverage, that our world is changing. And I'm sure you've heard by now that The Advocate is buying a NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. And that was everywhere today. Um, it was it, it was shocking for a lot of us. But The Times-Picayune has been an institution here in this city for, for longer than, than really anybody can remember. And from a sports perspective, which is where I'll keep this, there are a lot of talented, really talented men and women who cover the teams that we love every day. Guys like uh, Jeff Duncan, Josh Katzenstein, and Andrew Lopez, and so many others there. And when I first heard the news, it's immediately what I thought about was what's, what's their future here in the city of New Orleans. And you've been following Jeff's work for, for decades now here in the city. Josh, for the last handful of years. And Andrew the same. And just my personal perspective on this, and full disclosure, we haven't had a partnership with uh, NOLA.com over the last uh, year and a half, so we haven't uh, really been able to talk to those people on the air here, but that hasn't diminished my admiration for their work at all. Worked in quite a few cities, and the coverage that we get from, from those guys and others uh, is top notch, and it's it, it was it was shocking. I, look, it was shocking to me. You can imagine how shocking it was uh, to everybody who was immediately affected by this. And you just got to step back and kind of think how this impacts the way that you'll consume your sports. Now, without getting into the the fine details of this, there are reports that the advocate is going to try to keep on as many people as as possible. I certainly hope that happens. Because those guys deserve it. But it's it's a day that I guess maybe marks the future, and I don't know if it's, it's a brighter future in our sports coverage here. We have a great partnership with The Advocate. We have here uh, for years, and we love that partnership. This isn't a commentary on, on necessarily The Advocate's coverage versus NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune's coverage over the last couple of years. But this, this is a day where, where things change for us. It really does. So I just I wanted to start my program tonight just thinking about those guys and gals and, and the families that will be affected by this. And we see this all the time going on across the country, you know, with the, the consolidation of our media and the shift towards the digital medium and 
print media either has to evolve or it goes away. I think just yesterday we saw the St. Louis Dispatch. They got rid of their copy uh, writer's desk, which is kind of incredible when you consider copywriters, uh, copy editors rather, are kind of the, the foundation and backbone of, of any print journalism. So if you're somebody who not just likes to listen to our show, we're certainly glad you listen to our show and all of our shows here at WWO, but if you, you're somebody who likes to read about your favorite teams or local politics or local news, those are the people that we need. Those are the people that we need. And as somebody who first picked up a paper, gosh, I must have been four or five years old. I remember my dad had the paper sitting around. He'd kind of drink his morning coffee, and he was a um, – Played music for a living, but also did a little carpentry. So uh, he owned his own uh, cabinet shop business. So he'd go off to work pretty early, even before I got up to bed. Uh, out of bed, I should say. So sometimes when I get up and get ready for school, I'd go. And the, the first thing that I was doing, and I guess it's kind of where my love for, for this medium and the sports journalism industry kind of started. I'd pick it up and I'd, I'd kind of toss aside all the, you know, the news sections and the entertainment sections, and I'd go right to the sports section. And I'd read... Now, guys like John Blanchett, back where I'm from, kind of a legendary local sports writer up there. And, and I don't think I'd be here. I don't think I'd be here where I am if it wasn't for the incredible print journalists that kind of shaped my worldview um, from a sports perspective. I just don't hope we don't lose that. I know we've got to change. I know we've got to evolve. I know it's the reality of our world. But just think about everybody, not just the guys that I mentioned, the Jeff Duncans or the Josh Kassenstein's or the Andrew Lopez's. Just think about everybody over there. And a lot of them will stay. A lot of them will stay on either here in Lafayette or in Baton Rouge, hopefully. But, um, yeah, it impacted me. I mean, you could probably tell in my voice. It just really did. It really impacted me. I'm still somebody who every single day, one of the first things that I do, I either go get a physical paper or I go online paywall or otherwise and read and inform myself not just about sports but about local news and the advocate and, and george has said that they're doing this so that it strengthens our, our news and sports coverage here and look i hope it does i hope it does got a couple of comments on this we'll go to mike and desterhand mike welcome to wwl hey is it seth hey mike hey man um thank you for taking my call I just want to, I just want to make a comment about uh, the advocate buying out the sure. and, and and I don't have an issue with it and uh, as far as a conglomeracy or whatever but I just I'm 51 years old I grew up reading print media I have adapted to uh, looking at news on the internet and mm-hmm. on my phone you say but you I have think, you have or you haven't I, Mike? I, 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 pardon me did you say you have or you haven't no, I have. I have okay. adapted to it uh-huh. only because only because the Times Picayune has limited their, their distribution to, to two or three days, and and I, I don't have an advocate where I live. But what, what concerns me is that we're going to get a bias from one one single print media source, and I, I'm indifferent. I, I don't I don't slant either way, left or right, but I want to hear an equal. An equal representation of what's going on politically, and sure. that's, that's what concerns me. Sure, Mike, and I don't want to get on the political discussion on this program, um, but I will say even from 
you know, a sports perspective, I think everybody would tell you this. Everybody who's on my side in either sports journalism or just journalism in general would tell you that it strengthens us competition. That said, I come from a one-paper city. Quite the size. Spokane was where I was until I was 25 years old. We were a one-paper town, and we had pretty really good um, journalists there. And just because it's a one-paper town, you know, we're only going to be having one sports section now to read at if we keep it in sports. I mean, our, our, doesn't mean we're not going to still get great coverage. And that was the promise today that we will not only get great coverage, but even better, better coverage from the advocate. Thanks for the call, Mike. Let's go to Marty. Marty, welcome to the show. Hey, Chef. Good evening. Thank you. Take my call. Thanks, Marty. Uh, I agree. I agree with most of what uh, everything that you said. The gentleman just called. Uh, let me tell you, I, it was a big transition for me to even up to this point. Uh, for the last several years, going listening to the advocate, but I have it on my phone now, and I have it on my iPad. I tell you what, it it, it is a pretty interesting. I'm going to talk just about sports. I'm not getting any sure. of it. But um, I'm really going to miss the pick of you, New Orleans. There was a time when I was a kid. I mean, New Orleans was a two paper city. We had a state's item in the evening. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah, I'm sure you might be. But yeah. it, it was never a big paper, but it was. Just something everybody looked forward to. When that went, it wasn't a loss like the Picayune is, uh, like the Picayune would be. My, I have a cousin. His name was Nate Cohen, and he used to do the River Parish uh, uh, ball games. And he would do stuff like he was fraternity football. It was unbelievable. That's how deep that paper got into the New Orleans society. It was, uh, it was incredible. And uh, I just want to mention, I don't know if you're ever going to have a show where you, we could talk nostalgia or something like that. But there is a lot of it with that with that paper. Yeah, um, yeah, no, there is, there is, Marty. I got a guest, so we got to uh, get to him. But I, you know, I, I probably will have that show. In fact, I'm hosting the Sunday show this week, at ten to noon, and probably the main topic is going to be um, kind of that. And for anybody who's just joining us, want to know what we're talking about? Of course, earlier today it was announced that the Advocate is going to buy Anola.com and the Times Picayune, and, and certainly shocked all of us. I was talking to, to many people who, who work for uh, the Times-Picayune, and, and they were pretty shocked by this, too. So just you know, think about them today. Think about them. It's something that happens way too much here uh, recently. Let's bring on in uh, Vinny Iyer. Let's talk a little uh, NFL draft. He's a uh, fantasy football writer for the Sporting News, host of the Locked On Network Fantasy Football Podcast, and, uh, of course, uh, Sports Nation. Uh, Vinny, uh, what's going on, man? Um, look, I know you've... You, been a writer for a while and you see these you know kind of consolidations and and closures of of local papers and that's what we were just talking about i saw you on hold there so you're probably a little confused about what we're talking about but the big paper here uh is going to be no more so it kind of kind of shocked everybody here in the city today yeah i I can definitely see that as someone who's visited there and uh, knows the the papers and how they work Uh, it's happening everywhere you just see it all the time and uh it's tough you always feel for the people most affected by it and uh Definitely, uh, we've seen it uh, too many times over in our industry, and uh, probably not seen the last of it, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, indeed. It's just a, you know the new world that we live in. Um, all right, let's talk about the draft. We're a week past the first round, anyways, Vinny. I am curious now that you've had a chance to reflect and maybe revise, you know, any opinions you initially had right after the draft. Who, whose draft did you like, and, and whose didn't you? 
Well, I think uh, for me, I look at the draft differently than others. I believe so. At least I look at knowing what kind of team you are, knowing exactly what you need and how did you methodically go about getting those players for what you needed? So when you look at the Patriots, they needed some guy to replace the uh, production of Robert Murkowski. Everyone thought they might go after a tight end. Instead, they go after a big wide receiver or early there, Nikhil Harry, and what he can do. So I just know teams where they're at in terms of are they going to contend? Are they looking to rebuild? You look at a team like Oakland, they just pile it on. They had to get guys at all kinds of positions to do what John Gruden wanted to do. And I like what they did. I think the Redskins finally had to turn the page of quarterback and uh, the Cardinals as well. So pushing forward with that plan, I think a lot of teams that you see do consistently well, the Ravens, the Eagles and Steelers. So it's a lot of the usual suspects because they have general managers that know exactly what their team needs, not just for now, but for later and can kind of blend those two together where, they're not reaching necessarily, but still getting the talent that they need at specific spots to help their roster push along. And now what I think you're seeing is more teams are not stashing. Even the Steelers, a team that used to stash, they realize we need an inside linebacker. We need a wide receiver. We need guys to replace guys we've lost to compete and contend now. And I think you see that across the league now that you just can't play for three years down the line anymore. Well, you can't. Uh, Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News joining us. and uh, Something we always talk about at draft time and post-draft time is the Saints' aggressiveness. They're known as you know the most aggressive team when it comes to trading up in the draft. 17 times they've traded up in the draft now since 2007. Do you have any philosophy on that? I know like I've talked about it a lot here. My own personal philosophy is I don't necessarily like that, but I, do, I guess I do like that the Saints stay true to uh, their own um, – you know, character and personality that they are aggressive at draft time. Um, what do you think of that? Are you a guy who prefers to see him draft down or do you, uh, excuse me, trade down or do you even care? Well, I think it's just the sense of knowing where the values are at a position. You look at Eric McCoy, who they drafted. You look at Garrett Bradbury. Once he went off the board, there's not that many centers I feel good plugging in to my team and starting right away. And they, it was, that was an obvious void there for the Saints on an offensive line that they like to keep the blocking continuity and success going well there. So you saw a chance to get McCoy. They had to jump in and take it. I, I think if Bradbury had slipped a little bit, maybe they would have jumped in there to get him a little earlier. But McCoy, I didn't think there was too much that separated him and Bradbury. So getting him there, I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I'm surprised that he was – available there for their taking. I thought a lot of teams would jump on him earlier safety. I think I had him as a, the third or fourth best safety, depending on free or strong, who you're looking for. So uh, uh, you're just knowing the board, knowing where the values are and saying, okay, this is the time we better get in. He's a player we really like, and he's being really undervalued. Where making that trade up, it's, you don't feel as bad because uh, you're getting a player that you feel – should have gone a little earlier anyway. Yeah, and, and look, I've, I've talked about it, that I actually liked the the move up to grab Eric McCoy uh, because there was such a huge need in my mind for the Saints. So I'm going against my own personal bias there, Vinny, but uh, we kind of talked about it. Let's get to the Saints draft. What did you make of this? Yeah, I mean, limited things they had to work with. So when you get a starter that you feel pretty good about, and Eric McCoy with your first pick, when you pick so late, I think you have to be happy with that. There's really not much to do with this 
team. I mean, they're aggressive a little bit in free agency, made sure they got Latavius Murray to replace Mark Ingram, got Jared Cook, the tight end threat they've needed for a while there. So they're aggressive there. There just wasn't too many holes. And it's a good position to start from. Uh, Similar thing with the Browns. I know they haven't had the same success yet, but it was nice for the Browns where they're not forcing things and just getting player value there in Greedy Williams. So when you have few holes, it's fun to draft that way because uh, you know exactly what you want. You can take some chances. You don't need to necessarily grab everyone for now. I mentioned teams drafting for today. Well, sometimes you're set for today and you have that luxury and then you're getting ahead of everyone else at the same time. Vinny, do you have a hierarchy now in the NFC South post-draft? Well, I still think it's the Saints division here. I I feel good about them being the favorites. Uh, Falcons, I don't know if they've improved enough defensively. The Panthers are going through a bit of a transition as well as uh, Ron Rivera is going to be calling the plays defensively there. So they got to figure things out. I think Tampa, there's some things I really like about Tampa that they could turn around themselves with Bruce Arians and the mentality there. We know what quick effect he had in Arizona on that team, but I still think there's a lot of question marks where I'm looking for the favorites at this time of year. I want the team that I know every single position. I feel exactly what their scheme is and what they're going to do. And I think all these other teams have gone through changes. The Falcons with their offense, the Panthers with their defense, and the Bucks with their entire team. Well, none of those questions really plague the Saints here. Uh, NFL-wise, are you ready already to, to kind of give power rankings, Vinny, and where the Saints might fit into that, or is that way too early for you? Well, with the Saints, it's easy because I'm going to put them right near the top. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not hard with uh, them. I mean, they're going to be in the conversation there with the Patriots and Rams and all the teams that were there at the end right there on the uh, cusp of getting the Super Bowl or got to the Super Bowl. So you have to start there at the top with, with those type of teams. I think you may lump in the Colts and Chiefs with those three teams right now, uh, how you feel about it. So I, I think – Right now, I think the Saints are a strong team. They're out of the NFC. I like them to get the Super Bowl last year. We know it didn't quite work out for one particular reason, them <laughs> not going to be the Super Bowl. But God, uh, you had to I mention still, it again, Vinny. Oh, man. Yeah, I know, gonna... <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's not like you've heard it enough times. But uh, uh, I guess uh, maybe Tommy Lee Lewis is not on the team anymore, so maybe you can forget about that and move on. And, uh, and this, this team, I still think, is built to uh, get back there with uh, – their complete nature, and I think getting the moves for uh, Latavius Murray, where you keep that running game intact to that power back, very similar to Mark Ingram. And then Jared Cook, I think he's going to add another element to this offense that they're really going to appreciate here because Jared Cook, I mean, he is not only that special receiver that can stretch the field, but he's also coming off his best season late in his career. So you're getting him at his peak right now, and uh, I expect uh, him and Drew Brees to do a lot of work here to get the chemistry down pat. Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News. Vinny, uh, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for jumping on with us tonight. Appreciate it. Yep, thanks for having me. Vinny Iyer, you can find him on Twitter, at Vinny Iyer. And, of course, you can find his work at the Sporting News. It's fantastic. Talk to him uh, throughout the football seasons. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll, what player has to make the biggest jump in your mind for the Saints this season? Is it Marcus Williams, Marcus Davenport, Traquan Smith, Eli Apple, P.J. Williams, or somebody else? You can cash your vote at www.com and the radio.com app. Here are a couple of texts coming in on the uh, the advocate buying the Times-Picayune. Text from the 504. I'm concerned of the newspaper monopoly being created. 
Text from the 985. Why do you think this buyout is not good? Still a local guy buying the Times-Picayune, which is now owned out of town. So why is that so bad, that person asks. We'll take a break for news. We're coming back with an NBA playoff and NHL playoff update. I'm Seth Dunlap. Logan Falgu behind the glass. It's the last lap on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.